Welcome to Contemporary Rebellions, South Korea's social movements today, where each episode we explore different social movements, challenging existing power structures and demanding a better world. Each episode will focus on a different social movement or set of social movements, and we will hear directly from practitioners from the field, factories, and streets. We are your hosts for today's episode. I'm Seth. I'm Anna. In this episode, we commemorate January 20th, the 11th anniversary of the Yongsan tragedy, an incident that has become a symbolic ground zero for South Korea's contemporary redevelopment resistance movement, fighting forced eviction, gentrification, and advocating for tenant rights. To discuss the aftermath of Yongsan and various other struggles within this movement, we will hear from Unsan Park. Director of Listen to the City, an art design urbanism activism collective founded in 2009. Park is a PhD student in sustainable urban planning at Yonsei University's Department of Urban Planning and Engineering, where she works in the Environmental Spatial Informatics and Disaster Prevention Lab, focusing on environmental justice and gentrification. We will also listen to the stories of merchants and participants in two current anti eviction struggles. The Ojiro Chongkechan Metal Workshop Alleyways, and the original site of the displaced Norianjin fish market. In the early morning hours of January 20th, 2009, a fire broke out in a makeshift shipping container watchtower on the roof of the five-story Namildang building in the Yongsan 4th District Redevelopment Zone. 32 protesters, including small shop tenants from the surrounding neighborhood and solidarity group members from other areas, staged a sit-in inside the building to demand fair compensation from the redevelopment plans that displaced them from their businesses. 25 hours after putting up the watchtower, the sit-in came to a swift end as a SWAT team called by the Seoul Metropolitan Police Agency, hoisted up their own container to bring down and arrest the evictees. Between the police water cannons, stockpiled flammable materials used for the protest, and the SWAT team's breakthrough attempt, 
a fire erupted, killing five protesters and one police officer. Unsan Park remembers the tragedy. Yongsan tragedy, we call it as Yongsan Chamsa, uh, because five evictees and one policeman died the day. So it was horrible, and a lot of people and artists and activists, they felt kind of helplessness. And um, we had to watch it, them dying in the fire. We, it, we watched them dying on, on live. It was kind of really um, surreal. It was really surreal, and I uh, cannot believe it, you know, that happened in 2009. We know that uh, a lot of people died in South Korea since sixties during the forcible eviction, but uh, still that's happening in this country. What followed from that day was the trial of 25 surviving protesters, with seven sentenced to five to six year prison sentences and two to suspended sentences. On December 29, 2017, President Moon Jae-in formally pardoned all protesters involved in the sit-in. In August 2018, the National Police Agency's Truth Commission on Human Rights Violations report on the incident concluded that the police command pushed ahead with the crackdown despite the lack of safety measures, and therefore the police held some responsibility for the fire's casualties. As no police officers or city officials have been prosecuted, the Independent Yongsan Truth Investigation Committee continues to ask for a formal investigation. The Yongsan tragedy is documented by filmmaker Kim Ilran in 2012's Two Doors, a partial reenactment and reflection on the incident and trial, and its follow-up, 2018's The Remnants, a personal look at the lives and interpersonal relationships of five of the protesters after their release from prison. I found that... Um in uh, Korean uh, the movement history, actually, the forcible eviction, anti-eviction movement, and human rights uh, act- activism kind of divided into two. But uh, since Yongsan, uh, the human rights activism and the uh, anti-gentrification movement became along uh, together. And then uh, also people started aware that, uh, uh, you know, the evictions are really brutal and inhumane. So um, that's one of the most uh, critical um, moments that we start listening to the city. Yeah, and um, I found that um, not many um, architectural magazines, they don't really refer about this accident because this is about architecture in the city, but not many experts are talking about this. So we started making urban drawings, the you know independent uh, urban magazine. So um, that's become one of the, our uh, most important uh, motivation. While what happened in Yongsan was a particularly violent recent case of clashes between the city, police, and evictees, there is a precedent for such struggles. Urban redevelopment and forced evictions are phenomena that began in the post-war period, expanded under Park Chan-hee's authoritarian rule from the late 1960s onwards, and has persisted after democratization from the late 1980s until the present day. Throughout the 1960s and 1970s, 
mass migration to Seoul led to a housing shortage and created a thriving class of squatter families and communities settling in informal housing on the fringes of the city. Meanwhile, redevelopment has made way for major projects such as the new towns represented by ubiquitous high-rise apartment complexes. This, along with large-scale public projects such as the Seoul 1988 and Pyeongchang 2018 Olympics, have resulted in forced evictions of poor renter and squatter communities. Statistics point to 700,000 squatters in Seoul who faced violent evictions between the years 1985 and 1988. In 1984, the city government introduced the Joint Redevelopment Projects Program. Squatters were given the option to start a redevelopment corporation and select a construction company. Since the 1990s, these redevelopment projects have skyrocketed. Although residents are part of redevelopment, realistically it remains a top-down process, largely run by state and business. Beyond the police force, evictions are routinely carried out by yongyok, or errand men, hired by private companies to forcibly remove tenants from their homes and businesses. Yongsan also um, showed the Korean people's desire because the Yongsan project um, was really a big mega uh, urban renewal project. It was part of it. And uh, they actually saw city uh, designed archipelago project, which is designed by Daniel Libeskind, which is uh, one of the top um, architects in the world who designed 9-11 building in New York. So, um, so a lot of people, they uh, expected um, the profits from uh, real estate market. So when they died and they, when they resisted, they resisted like a year and uh, they fought with uh, gangsters for a year, you know. Uh, the you know the thugs the hired by Samsung company, so they brutally beaten and you know uh, they the thugs pee on the street and they pooped also, <laughs> and uh, it was so inhumane and uh, the the women's get beaten by the uh, brutal uh, thugs, and uh, but even though the most of major um, the citizens saying, you know the Yongsan. Uh, resistance are they're just kind of evil and um, illegal people mm -hmm. they say like that and uh, at that time in 2009 the one of the most um, critical time for real estate market because the um, expectation for real estate became really high so majority people think that we need more new towns, something like that. But so the major people, they desire bigger city and more new buildings. So it was very difficult for for the activists to change the mindset, actually. Be yeah, it was difficult. And uh, even for Norangjin now, also the same problems are happening. They, in Korea, um, in the police law, uh, there are two types of evil. One is um, labor union, the, the other one is evictees. So um, a lot of people just consider labor union and the evictees as an illegal uh, subject. 
that's the one of the biggest problem that's formed by um, you know usually media main, mainstream media in Korea the the, the, the laws about redevelopment are a little crazy because we are in super um, neoliberalistic society but somehow the laws are really weird because in so Korean laws, if one is about a public project, you can purchase if a, a private company purchase or private um, union, um, um, development union, purchase 75% of uh, the land or gain agreement from the people, like 75%, you can forcibly buy uh, 25% of the land. So if you uh, gain the agreement, that's uh, of course that's legal legal uh, action, and uh, you can forcibly buy less of them. So uh, in the very low price in US, for example, you must pay market price if you wanted to purchase your land, even you are um, doing kind of public project. But in South Korea. It's not like that. So if you purchase, uh, gain the agreement from 75%, uh, you can purchase the land with very low price. So it's kind of uh, stalling the land. So this is not really, uh, um, not really capitalistic either. So this is really weird mixture of it. Uh, this is really a violent thing. And, um, and the because this is ridiculous. So even the uh, homeowners, they against to the development often. Um, so Okbaraj Ali, the actually evictees are homeowners, not the tenants. But in 2009 Yongsam tragedy, they are uh, the tenants because we don't have like um, in South Korea, you don't need to pay, um, you know, much to the tenants. But some tenants, this you know uh, work the place like more than thirty years and twenty five years, and I it's really difficult to relocate. Evictees are just normal people like our neighbors, and you can become a you know evicted very easily. Um, but they treated them as non-human, so that is really shocking experience and actually destroy you. Um, and um, yeah, so. The, all the uh, development laws that enabled that. So, for example, uh, like uh, the law about um, uh, any development, like uh, making new town um, laws, in um, about even golf make golf club making. That is is considered as a public project. So, if you call it as a public project, you can just evict people very uh, easily. That's the really a big problem in Korean society.
The Korean language has a particular name for squatters and evictees, cholgomin, literally meaning people of demolition, referring to those displaced from their homes, businesses, or land. Because of the stringent laws that Unsan Park explained, these members of the urban poor have traditionally lacked economic resources to fight their forced evictions. However, the redevelopment resistance movement has gained grassroots strength over the years, with independent alliance groups as its political face. Founded in 1994, the National Alliance of Squatters and Evictees, Chon Chol Yon, has been present as a solidarity group at on-the-ground struggles, including the Yongsan tragedy, where three of the protesters killed were Chon Chol Yon members. Korean People's Solidarity Against Poverty was founded on March 30, 2004, and launched the anti-poverty movement on April 16, 2008. Identifying as a broad coalition of urban poor against the instability of labor and the poverty of the people, its members have also been active in forced eviction battles. Chonchoryon, Pingon Sawe Yonde, and other groups help publicize and attract international attention to recent cases. One such ongoing case involves the death of 37-year-old Park Jun-kyung, a longtime tenant of Mapogu's Ahyun 2nd District Newtown Redevelopment Zone, who drowned himself in the Han River on December 3, 2018, after he and his mother faced forced eviction that left him on the street. Activist artists have also shaped the movement against redevelopment and gentrification. Decades prior to Kim Il-ron's work, Kim Dong-won's pioneering 1988 30-minute documentary, Sangye Dong Olympics, became the first to shine the spotlight on a community directly affected by redevelopment. Erasing his own name, Kim effectively became a part of the resistance, giving a voice to the residents of the Sangye Dong slum on the northern outskirts of Seoul, whose homes were demolished to make way for Olympics construction. Listen to the city's art, which includes various publications, design, tours, and exhibitions, also works to shape contemporary anti-gentrification activism. When we started Listen to the City, uh, it was about um, how we can make people, this city, the marginal people. So, and um, um, we wanted to emphasize the, the importance of real estate problem in South Korea. A lot of people in, in the world uh, think because we are in the um, in neoliberalism uh, society that enable um, world trade and um, um, because of the internet, um, the physical land is not very important nowadays. A lot of people think like that way. And then, like uh, Franco Berardi, in the famous um, uh, philosopher in, in Italy, he also mentioned about um, the land is not important anymore. And um, a lot of scholars emphasizing that nowadays we have to um, occupy web rather than real street. Uh, that's the uh, comment of Berardi. But I thought uh, squatting and uh, that was uh, squatting is really um, important. And uh, I tried to avoid the um, 
uh, word occupation because that is brutal word. You know, like uh, Seth's doing now, he's singing at, at the uh, Norangjin market. Um, he's inviting people to the scene because usually people don't want to get involved with those kind of, uh, you know, activism because that's scary. Because usually people see the scene through uh, mainstream media. The mainstream media just visited 10 or 15 minutes to show the place. Usually they show just the chanting and shouting or fighting. So a lot of people think that, uh, you know, um, the, the site is kind of scary place. So the artists, they welcoming people. So they make, um, they make the space as a hostility. Um, so the artists doing very important role. And uh, actually, at the same time, they um, um, usually activists, they, uh, some activists, they don't listen to the evictees. Uh, some male activists, they just um, insist their own um, thing. So rather than listening to the, to the evictees, they want them listen to his idea. So that was kind of violent. Uh, that was violent, I think. So, but artists, they usually uh, educated to, to understand the other's feelings. So uh, the, the artists are very good listeners. So um, that become a lot of, that makes a lot of artists become a good activist, I think. So um, some people tried to divide artists and non-artists, activists and non-activists. Uh, but I think that's not really um, important. So you can become both. Sometimes I'm not an artist, but I'm just a citizen. But sometimes I became an artist, so, you know. So I think we have both sides. So I, th I think that is a, uh, not really meaningful to divide into, you know, the two groups. Post Yongsan struggles in which Listen to the City has participated include the 531-day squatting of a forcibly evicted noodle restaurant called Duriban in the Hongik University Redevelopment Area. From Christmas 2009 until June 2011, owner An Jong-nyo and her novelist husband Yu Tae-rim fought and won compensation from Mapo District for relocation. Juriban evolved into a sustained, liberated community space of various activist artists, documented in John Yontek's film Party 51. So, but um, eviction site is uh, one of the good places to play because people are welcoming whatever you do. And then Juriban also had the same experience. Of course, they are beginners. And then some of them amateurs, uh, not bad way, but they just started their own music, so they never performed before. So they're not really uh, good enough to play in a bigger hall. But uh, people in the gentrification side, they are very welcoming and they enjoy everything. Um, so because they are uh, artists, also they're my friend and they are my comrade. So um, the, um, the mood in the place is really good and everybody is enjoying. So actually that's a really good place to perform for the artist. So the art artist are uh, also using the place to play, I think. So that's a benefit for both sides, I think. 
And um, as you said, um, the evictees and people marginalized, they, uh, uh, they usually, in, in South Korea, usually we don't have any chance to enjoy music or enjoy art at all. But those artists be, uh, give you kind of really good um, chance to understand about art, not really educating them, but very naturally um, understand of you know importance of art. You know, for example, in Cheonggyecheon era area, we don't call us as an artist in the in the in the local people. They just call us as an activist, but we use so many uh, methodology that we use in contemporary art. So we make something with the uh, local people, and we make tours, things like that. So, uh, but those kind of movement make the people. We change the people. The ajashi, you know, the ajashi love it. You know, they start understanding the importance of uh, art. Um, you know, during our activities. So I think well, we both uh, get influenced in giving kind of influence to the people. A lot of um, uh, people who are interested in activism in overall, they interest in uh, Korean activism because a lot of artists involved with um, activism. But that um, that started in 80s and, uh, and the 90s because a lot of painters they and uh, the singers, they um, work together with the farmers and students movement and the labor activism. So uh, we call it like Minjung art. And um, in, but, um, but there are some differences because artists used as a kind of painter or singer they not you know directly make the movement itself they just helping their assistant the movement but uh, in Antetri in 2003 at the um, uh, evict people the, a lot of farmers get evicted by the US uh, military so uh, it was really brutal and uh, a lot of artists started involved with the the place in the, the mo movement um, so there are like uh, Jin Kyung and Yoon Yeop and uh, Shin Yoo they are famous art, uh, artists and uh, they started to get involved with the, the, um, the mo uh, movement. Uh, I don't think they just um, help them, not just assisting them, but they also created kind of interactions there and uh, make movement together with the uh, the activists, so uh, that influenced to to Yongsan as well because uh, in Yongsan, people also invited the same artists who um, worked in uh, Tetsuri. So uh, a lot of my friends who worked in Tetsuri also worked in Yongsan because they became really close close at the place. So they started like a radio podcast there. And Joyakor and Juno and a lot of people started a live cast there, and uh, um, they uh, the fine artists did a, a fine art exhibition there, and uh, it influenced to Duriban as well. So it became in you know, uh, Duriban become kind of one of the most important place for uh, merging artists and activism. Yeah, and after after that, a lot of art artists 
inspired up about that, and then uh, they become uh, excellent activists now. Um, yeah, so that's kind of unique way of development of uh, activism here, of course. Yeah, and, uh, and the the important thing is artists go there as not just an assistant or amusement, but we go there as a part of the activism. So listen to the city is more focusing on making the movement. Another important struggle was the redevelopment and forced eviction of Okbaraji Ali near Dongrimun, across from Sodaemun prison in 2016, that made way for high-rise apartments. Okbaraji means supporting prisoners from outside the prison. The Ali was a place of solidarity for anti-imperial and other dissident prisoners at Sodaemun from the 1920s Japanese colonial period onwards. In 2019, Insan Park published the essay Feminist Insurgent City Planning, which highlights the importance of looking at Okbaraji Ali and other such struggles from a perspective that breaks down the traditionally male-oriented and patriarchal mode. When I say feminist insurgent city planning, that is, um, uh, you know, emphasizing the perspective towards the city. Um, the perspective usually is, is see the city like a bird so we call it like bird point view something like that right so that in the view you cannot see the people you see the just uh, street and buildings you know um so you don't really know what's happening on on the street and then in the intersection of the street and you know what's going on in the details so the feminist um the perspective is about listening to the you know, marginal people and uh, people who cannot see in the city, but they exist. So uh, the feminist um, the planning is about uh, why those people not seen seen in the the city and uh, why they are become marginal and then how can we you know elaborate their uh, perspective. I don't really trust the concept of progress because. Um, there are so many different levels of progressing or progress, mm-hmm. and um, and in the even any activism, mm-hmm. uh, they are not really humane sometimes because usually that's very um, unfeminine. So any activism in Korea, like a um, like anti-eviction movement, mm-hmm. and you know uh, labor activism, that's really um, you know patriarchic. So in activism, so we are minor. I am a minor in the activism because I'm a woman and young young woman. So they a lot of activists uh, treat us as a kid. That's really disturbing. And um, uh, rather than uh, anyway, I didn't trust Moon Jae-in government much because that government is also uh, pro-development and uh, they love a real estate, a real estate. So, so I didn't really trust 
and the Munjin government um, and um, uh, in in the activist level actually um, the government you know affected us much but um, the more I think in the activism that that's more important to fight with the patriarchal uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, the mode. Um, so our uh, purpose of the activism is, of course, is about the anti-eviction, but second, second, second is about the perspective about the, the history itself. So the history is very heroic, is man-oriented, patriarchic. So uh, we approached the you know about this you know uh, the place in uh, in feminist way uh, to fight with uh, main oriented male oriented uh, methodology. Listen to the city's publication and design studio is based in the Uljiro Chonggyecheon neighborhood near Ujiro Sangha Station and the Seun Sangha Arcade, an area known for its ecosystem of metal workshops that provide materials for a wide range of customers, including local artists, businesses, and universities. Many of the shops here have been in business since the 1960s and 1970s. There are also traditional houses called Hanoks and other historical buildings, some dating to the 1920s and others from the post-Korean War era. The area became a city redevelopment zone in 2019, a plan that has received international coverage, including a story in The Guardian headlined, Seoul Rips Out Its Manufacturing Heart. More than 300 merchants have already been evicted and displaced to other areas, with the remaining shops facing evictions as demolition and construction continues. Listen to the City has joined the anti-gentrification struggle. A lot of people think urban regeneration in South Korea, uh, it means that not demolish the building, but they um, renovate the building to new, you know? So it's a minor uh, development, not really demolishing everything and building new, build new one. So we divide uh, re regeneration and urban renewal redevelopment, which is a really strictly different thing in South Korea. but. Uh, in the law, they changed the law in the government level. Um, the the urban regeneration law even um, embrace uh, cover the re including the redevelopment. So the the law become really weird. So anyway, the the city government announced the Seoul Sangha regeneration program. So a lot of people think they we conserve all the places. So we thought like the way the old citizens considered like the way even the artists invited by Seoul City considered that way. But uh, in 2019, we realized that the government trying to de uh, demolish all the buildings around Seoul Sangha. They only keep the Seoul Sangha and demolish all. So I was really pissed. I was really angry. Uh, because they uh, lie to the people actually, uh, publicly. So uh, we made the Cheonggyecheon Anti-Gentrification Alliance and then we started activism and then we started to, to the, um, 
makes news and uh, like a press conference things. If you come to Seoul, you can apply for our tour program. We have a tour every um, week. Uh, so we we have a, uh, one week is Friday, the other one is uh, uh, the Saturday. So you can choose one of the um, you know the day. So you can come and see the uh, place, and uh, you will see the unique LE and the networks there. So that will be fun. So that's uh, other side of the city. So you can just. Uh, don't go to you know you can see the bling bling new buildings and um, that's not really show the pro um the history of Seoul but in Cheonggyecheon area you can see the um the you know the history of the city since tw 20s and 70s and then 80s 90s so all mixed up area so it's like a um like a hetero place so it's really interesting so you should come. During a recent Friday, Uljiro Chonggyecheon tour, we heard from Joe Muho, a prominent shop owner and activist with the Anti Gentrification Alliance. 그래서 전개천은 꼭 필요 흔들하는 걸알 알고 있어야 되는 꼭꼭 필요. We can make everything here in Chonggyecheon, so this area is very important. Print shop workers, tailors, artists, researchers, all these people need us. If we disappear, it's not only us losing our jobs. The others are also losing. If these 1,500 people disappear, almost 100,000 people's jobs also disappear. Normally, Korea imports printing machines from Germany and Japan. When the machines break down, people here can fix it in one hour, grinding and putting the parts back into the machine. If we disappear, people have to import those parts again, and they have to wait three to five months. We have a really nice system here. Young people can come here and learn our skills. They have good brains, and we have good skills, so we can make excellent pieces here. Lee Kanpo, a 22-year-old design major in university, joined the tour because of his personal experience with forced eviction. My major is design, but I'm also learning filmmaking on my own. I'm looking at studying independent films, especially documentaries. By chance, I saw an internet article, and I also heard many people talking about the people of Ujiro Chonggyecheon. I wanted to document, with a clear and calm mind, the deep irony of this redevelopment situation, so I signed up for this tour. I was also previously a victim of redevelopment. In the past, there was a lot of redevelopment in Seoul. 
I lived in a mountainous neighborhood of Gwangak-gu, an area with many shanty towns. Apart from homeowners, tenants didn't receive any compensation and were evicted. Since I had this experience while I was growing up, I feel especially sympathetic to the merchants here. I came here because I wanted to help others understand the merchant's situation and feel sympathy, too. After the tour in Uljiro Chongyecheon, we went to the regular Friday Solidarity concert put on by Art Liberation Front, Yesur Heban Jonsan, outside of Norianjin Station exits 1 and 2. This is near the original site of Norianjin Fish Market, which has been forcibly evicted and displaced to a large indoor market nearby. Many merchants, most of whom are women and veterans of the market, remain here to fight for compensation and the right to keep running their business. Some of them are squatting in a tent on the overpass connecting the metro station to the now-closed former market building. They continue to face police harassment and the looming threat of further evictions. One of the organizers of the Norianjin Fish Market Preservation Committee explained why the merchants remain here and the significance of the Solidarity Concerts. Outside, there are all these new things in redevelopment, like apartments. We've been here 20, 30, 40 years. This land is expensive. The fisheries co-op sold this land to Hyundai. So we are not only fighting the co-op, we are fighting with Hyundai. Seoul City is connected to this too. We are saying the co-op is so bad because they kicked us out and there is a plan to build new, super-high buildings. That's why we say the co-op is so bad. When this land gets sold, of course all the merchants get kicked out. I know this is valuable land that comes at a high price, but merchants doing business here for so long are now just street vendors, and the legal problem isn't being solved. Now we keep struggling and fighting, so we must win. We've been fighting for four or five years now. We've won now, because we're still here. But there's still a legal problem, so we keep fighting to the end. Until the law gives us what we need. So here we have solidarity concerts. Christian organizations and other folks come. Because of this solidarity, we can keep fighting. With people singing and dancing, of course we feel better. A woman merchant drew parallels between the Yonsan tragedy and Norianjin's current struggle. We are going to build a watchtower at the end of the bridge. We will have demonstrations and play music there so that the people in the new fish market can hear us. Yesterday we prepared a space there. When the demolition happens, we will play a requiem from our tower. We are preparing for all of this now. When the co-op comes to destroy this bridge, we will defend it with our lives. I think it is possible that we could become the second Yonsan tragedy. Honestly, when people are fighting against something, they are fighting to live, right? But when you have to risk everything, sometimes you die. 
people don't want to die. They are struggling to live. But like the people at Yongsan, we must be ready to die. Activist musicians and visual artists have built a community of support for the merchants. They shared their thoughts on their reason for participating in this struggle. Semin is a people's singer-songwriter who supports various on-the-ground struggles. When you see articles about Norianjin merchants, for example, you can see the comments people leave. And I think it's a reflection of citizens' views on people like merchants and laborers. It shows a strong hatred towards these people in Korea. Making music and art doesn't necessarily change much, but for me it's a way of fighting against this hatred. I think the power of art is making people rethink their opinions. Gonju is a singer-songwriter, poet, and the maker of Liberation Film, an ongoing project documenting on-the-ground struggles and performances. My reason for coming to on-the-ground struggles is that I am angry when I see the people experiencing injustice and being beat up. Whatever it is, I want to stop it. We can make an army or use the power of money. There are many ways to stop it. Among the things I can do, one of the most effective and least dangerous things I can do is this way. It's the same that way that I think about art. Within the art liberation front, other people may think differently, but I think this way. I think it's also important that artists come here and get something, not only being consumed by doing this work. That was Kim Dong-san performing at the regular Friday night Norianjin Solidarity Concert. Kim Dong-san is a longtime singer-songwriter of people's struggles in Korea. We, me, you, that's the only level at which we can see each other and have relationships. As an artist, I am continuously observing and recording how people think of me, themselves, others, us. That's my job. By doing this, we can meet each other. When we meet each other, it's not your action that is important. I can see things such as a person's face muscles moving, their fashion style, and their way of speaking, their thoughts and actions. From this moment, we can form this relationship called solidarity. Once we are aware of ourselves and others, it is no longer just their situation, but our situation. 
비트와 이어지는 부분이 그런 거죠. 왕 경하 is a promoter and people's singer songwriter. I wanted to make something else. Artists gather for a small action that breaks up quickly and won't last a long time. Even if it isn't a huge thing, with enough support, I wanted to make it so that later, when me and everyone else here has gone, others can carry the flag forward, gather again, and continue acting on the same concerns. Going back to the Listen to the City project, their work is not limited to Korea, but is engaged with international cross-solidarity projects in Japan, Hong Kong, and other places. We work with like a Japanese activist in the homeless movement activist called Misako uh, Ichimura-san, and uh, we work together with uh, a lot of anti-Olympic Games uh, groups like LA groups and uh, Japan groups. So all kind of um, connected with the anti-gentrification issue. And uh, we work with uh, Thailand activists and artists and um, some from Turkey as well. Uh, because th- all the countries that I mentioned about, uh, we have all the problem with the land. And they, you know, the, actually the urban, you know, environmental problem is also becoming um, you know, deeply uh, involved with, uh, engaged with um, destruction of nature, of course. So, uh, you know, so we are changing, exchanging the idea about uh, tactics, actually. So we uh, get encouraged, uh, inspired about uh, activism from other places. So usually, um, uh, we share our knowledge, of course, but rather than knowledge we shared uh, the tactics and um, um, we encourage um, you know each other
The music you heard in this episode was Our Concrete by Anakin Project and Kokaru by Seimin, both musicians supporting redevelopment resistance. Korean interpretation was made with the help of Yi Nan Young. For more information on the featured struggles, activists, and artists, please follow the links provided. Special thanks to the Cheonggyecheon Anti-Gentrification Alliance and the Noryanjin Fish Market Art Liberation Front. Contemporary Rebellions is produced by a non-hierarchical volunteer collective based in Seoul, with connections all around the country. Most of us are long-term bilingual English and Korean-speaking international residents in Korea, with involvement in various progressive social movements. We are open to all Korean and foreign members who share our core values, have a background in social activism, and would like to join our project. We'd love your help to ensure that we can keep this going and to produce a podcast that can be an invaluable tool to educators, activists, and all those interested in South Korean social movements. So please help spread the word. If you'd like to get in touch or get involved, please reach out to us on our Facebook or Twitter pages or send us an email at contemporaryrebellions at gmail.com. Until next time, the the rebellion rebellion awaits you. you.